Recorded live.
And we thank you that it's placed where it is, and thank you we have it, Father, that those that with spiritual eyes to see, ears to hear, and spiritual understanding can understand and could understand what it's saying to each and every one of us, Father. We know that the Holy Spirit has individual messages that he uses this word to get through to your individual sons, Father. And I pray that's what you do tonight. Take the words that we say tonight, Father, from the readers or from me, and use it for your honor and glory in the lives of the listeners, Father. And we'll give you all the honor and glory, for it's in the name of your precious Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask it, and for his sake alone. Amen. Yes, and amen. Amen, amen. Okay, folks. Well, the other night we dealt, I made some comments in the open topics about prosperity breeding monsters, and I got off into um, world history and how everything everything ends in apostasy. We went through some of the scriptures and everything. And this book of Judges is unique. It 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 ends. It starts off in the beginning. It's kind of a funny book. It starts out in the first chapter, pretty quick, like talking about Judah after the death of Joshua. Chapter two, it kind of rewinds a little bit and tells you, gives some insight into why you allow some things to happen and in our for your people as a nation and for your people individually in today's world. Because Paul said in Romans chapter 15, and Brother Chad, you can go ahead and read verse 4. I'll let you read it. I could quote it, but I'd rather you go ahead and read it, Brother. Sure, Romans 15, verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to do with this book, Lord willing. Um, Why the Lord put it on my heart for us to do this the other night, I have no idea because it took me a totally different direction than I was headed. But a lot of times when we make plans, that's exactly what they are. That's us making plans. And then the Lord, if you're open and are not too stubborn, the Lord will say, shake you up and say, hey, this is the direction I want you to go. And he does that by incidents that happen in your life, by the Spirit of God. I'm sure that you that understand what I'm talking about can say amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, we're going to be in Judges for a while. Excuse me for hitting the wrong button. I've got a tore-up mouse here, and I'm trying to fix it. And I'm clicking on everything Tom, Dick, and Harry. But anyway... As I was saying, this book gives us an overview of the philosophy of world history. When I say world, I'm not talking about Japanese. I'm not talking about African. Even though you could make a great, if you use it in a broad sense, you could say world history. But it's mainly about your people's history. That's the, that's the, the big topic. Your people, Father. You said in Amos that of all the people of the earth, only Israel have you loved. That's what you said, and this book proves it. And if you can take this book, and we're going to, the way we're going to do this is going to be a little bit different because at the end of this book, Brother Dave, uh, you're in chapter 1. I want you to go to the end of the book right this, right, and go to the last verse. I want you to read that in just a second, okay? The last verse in this book when I finish talk, saying what I'm saying, okay? 
Okay. This, we're going to do this a little different. It's going to be a lot of reading, and it only it really gets in to the play by play, and it starts in chapter three. You'll notice how it goes from the death of Joshua, and like I said, it kicks off, starts off with the death of Joshua, and it'll start talking about Judah, then it'll come in in the second chapter, and it'll start talking about Joshua again, and then in chapter 3 it kicks off and gets into the meat of the book. Well, this book is after the Lord has brought us out of Egypt, and we've through Joshua, have put us in the promised land, the death of Moses and Joshua, the taking down of Jericho, going in the promised land. The typology is tremendous, okay? Here we are as a people, here we are as a people, under a theocratic government, okay? I want you to keep that in the theocratic means God governed, okay? Like monocratic or a monarchy is one ruler, a monarchy. Well, this is theocratic. This is this is invisible rulership, and this is a test for God's people, a big test, and it's a, it's a test for every civilization as well. Every civilization that you can track, no matter where it is, but especially our people. I want to keep this centered around our people. The first stage is. Of the civilization's decline is spiritual apostasy. The second sign is moral decay or moral degeneracy. That's that's what happens with spiritual apostasy. You can find this in every white Christian nation on this plane. That's happened from its founding. Spiritual apostasy, apostasy starts first, then moral decadence comes second. Then the third phase is political anarchy, financial collapse leading financial anarchy leading into total collapse. It just absolutely what you've heard me ad nauseum talk about the second law of thermodynamics. How everything runs down. How there there how there there has to be the only exception to that is with the spiritual awakening in our cultures, in every Christian nation, the only exceptions to this rule has been awakening of God's people, a spiritual awakening of repentance. And you're going to see this over and over again. And this book, it's, it happens over and over and over again. When we're left to ourselves, we all grew up royally. That's the reason you have a throne room in your heart, folks. I'm going to get spiritual on you now. Brother Dave, read the last verse in this book of Judges, and you'll see what I'm then, then I'll go ahead and explain what I'm talking about, this throne in your heart. Judges, chapter 1, verse 36. And the coast of the Amorites was from the going up to Akrabim The last from verse the rock. in this book, brother, not chapter. The whole book. Chapter 31, last verse. Read the last verse. Okay, sorry. In the end of the book, not chapter. Okay, Judges chapter 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of... Brother, 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 brother. No, the last verse in the last chapter 
of this book. Judges 2125. I'm sorry if I'm not being clear. Uh, Okay, maybe it was me, I don't know. (laughs) It was me. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And every time, every time there is no authority, a solid, absolute authority in our lives, men tend to go to doing what they think is right in their own eyes. And henceforth, the circle of history, and the only thing that men ever learn from history is that men never learn from history. Amen. That's it, period, folks. I mean, I hate to be so simplistic and with such naivety about it, but it's just the truth. Look around you today. You wonder why queers are running this and why women are think they're men and men think they're women they're calling good, evil, and evil good? It's everything I've just got through telling you. You start messing with that king that's in on that throne, you don't you don't you don't you don't keep that throne filled with the right type of authority, then you do what's right in your own eyes because you're your own master. Now this this applies to each and every one of you, okay? If so be the Spirit of God dwells in you. And whatever, it doesn't matter if the Spirit of God is in you or not. You're going to do, you're you're going to be ruled by something. Okay? Something's going to drive your life, whether it's the natural, the same things that that drive an animal, self-propagation, self-gratification. You see what I'm saying? That's why denial of self is so important. That's the, that, that's the reasoning for the doctrines that's taught, the true doctrines, not this, this fanciful, crazy Christian spiritual apostasy that's been taking place over the last 150 years, folks. When you hear good, sound Bible doctrine, it is so, it's so, I, I don't have to tell I shouldn't have to tell you, it is so hard to find it scarce as hen's teeth, as we say down south. Chicken don't have teeth, folks. It ain't no teeth. That's how hard it is to find. All right? But whoever's ruling, who's on the throne of your heart, dictates your steps in life. You Are you sitting on your throne? Then you do what's right in your own eyes. You see what I'm saying? Is that understandable, guys? Am I being clear? Yes, you are. Oh, yes. And this book covers... Thousands of this, this this book of Judges is the philosophy of world history is what it is. If you know how to think analytically and the Spirit of God does dwell in you and you've got spiritual eyes to see and ears to hear, as we go through this book, you're going to, there's individual things you're going to see in the characters that come up in this book. You're going to, you're going to start seeing things in your own life. And when we get to the end of this book, before we get to the last verse, Lord willing, I remember we'll stop and I'm going to get you to think about what you've learned as we went through here. I'm going to I'm going to ask you: Do you understand what's been what has been taught? And can you step back and look around you and however much education you've got as far as in the natural world, 
do you understand now why I've said what I've said over the last four years, three and a half, going on four years? Okay, or you're just going to come to the lesson that every man learns from history is that men never learn from history, see? They're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. The last time I heard they called that insanity. Am I right? Yes, yes. that is what the definition is. Huh? Yeah, doing the same, be expecting different results. Well, what does that say about the world for the last 6,000 years as a general rule, see? See what I mean? Shelly Page? The inmates are, are running the insane asylum, yes. Uh, inmates, run, the insane asylum run by the inmates. That's all this world is, folks. You've got an insane cherub that's in charge of it all that thought he was good enough to take on the one that created him. See? Insanity starts with the insane. It's that simple it is. If you believe the book. It's got the answers in it. Oh, by the way, before I go any further, is Brother Merv in the chat? Uh, no. He's not. Well, Brother Brian, if you will, tell Brother Merv that I appreciate the kind words that he put on my Facebook page yesterday. And the reason that I put LOL underneath it was not laughing at him for what he did. I was laughing because he mentioned C.I., that's the reason I put LOL underneath it, uh, because he mentioned he was he, what he was doing, he was explaining to some other person he had met on Facebook that they needed to come listen to the program, and he put uh, Christian identity in there, and I laughed at that. You know, them guys are going to listen to me like they're going to they're gonna want, a, you know, the flu or something, the bubonic <laughs> plague, all right? But that's the reason I put LOL in there, and it had nothing to do with him. I was laughing at the C.I., Anyway, I just want you to be sure and tell him that because I don't want him to think I was laughing at him. I, I, I appreciate those kind words that he said about this ministry. I really do. So if you'll do that for me, I'll tell him when you talk to him. I appreciate it. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So this going to be, this book's going to be different as we go through this. It's going to be, like I said a while ago, there's going to be a lot of reading. I'll let each one of you guys, you take, it'll be chapter one chapter, and then the next guy take the next chapter, and the next chapter. You understand what I'm saying? Back and forth? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Brother Dave, you will start off in chapter one, okay? Okay. But when we start, you'll start in chapter one. You read the first chapter, okay? But, so remember this. Spiritual apostasy is the first thing. That's this, falling away from a standing position. This is just a carryover from the other night. It starts in our in our case, spiritual apostasy. The second thing that happens when a per, when a, a country or a, a people or a person has spiritual apostasy in their life, the second thing that comes in is moral decay. You start having loose morals. You don't you don't go by the absolute standard. And the third thing is the structure of your life for a for a government it'll be political anarchy with corruption everywhere in the individual's life things may fall out that's okay. divorce rates 50 percent folks for every one or two people to get married there's one divorce it's probably worse than that 
just because of spiritual apostasy, getting away from what the absolute authority says. The absolute authority says that women are supposed to play second fiddle. When they quit playing second fiddle, that's spiritual apostasy. Next thing on the thing, moral decay, divorce. Unwed parents. Children without parents. Children without a father. Children with, it's, it's, it, this is simple to understand, folks. And then people will make excuses and compromise in their life till they're so jaded from the fact of an absolute standard that they'll start to justify that which is right in their own eyes. And they'll think they're doing good. As long as their basic, natural, animalistic needs are met, they think they're fine. If they're not in pain, and they've got food, and they've got some money to spend, and they're being entertained, they think they're, they're fat, happy, and sassy. And that's the reason we went to Revelation 3 the other night. Because that's the condition of the final church. That's God's people. That's their final condition before all hell breaks loose. Prosperity breeds monsters, people. And you're going to see it over and over again. The only, just like me and Brother Kevin were talking about today, it's like the, some of the, the uh, flat earth models they've got out there that show ships going over the edge, you know. Well, let's just use the, that fictitious model, you know, for just a second. Here in, in North America, here in America, the U.S. of A., the, tip, the typical topological New Jerusalem, J-E-R-U-S-A-L-E-M, we were headed in a ship where the, the bow of the boat was going over the edge, and the Lord threw up his hand and stopped us from going on over it. That's what would have happened in this political anarchy. The next thing, it would have been total, total chaos, financial collapse, and total collapse into, everybody knows, the, govern, the big conspiracy of the New World Order. That's what it would have been. But this stay of execution, without a spiritual revival, the Lord's going to take that hand away, and it's going to the next step. There is no going back. And I'll prophesy. Okay, I'm on. I'm on. I'm going to get on the prophetical pulpit now. If something happens, it's over. Okay, I say that with absolute. Perfect confidence without not backing up one single bit. And why do I say that? Because my absolute authority says that's exactly the way it is. The only exceptions to the law of entropy in a Christian's life, Paul tells you plainly in Second Corinthians chapter four. Though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. See, there has to be an influx from outside the enclosed environment to build it back up because everything's running down. The clock has to be, if you're using the clock as an illustration, it'll wind down, down, tick, 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 unless something comes in and winds it back up. Well, that's what Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians 4. 
He says, though our outward man perish because it's not saved, it's going to decay and go right back to the dust where it came. It's the inward man that's renewed day by day by the Spirit of God, see? That's, and, you, and you see, understanding the doctrine that I've taught you of spiritual circumcision and body, soul, and spirit, then you understand what Paul's talking about. It all fits together from the from the greatest, widest scope all the way to the minutest detail in this book. And the Holy Spirit will bear witness to you that it's the truth. You've got all the proof you need by just looking around you, okay? You don't have to see something to know it's real. Paul says right on down below that, for these light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight and glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. How do you look at the things that are not seen? Well, Romans chapter 1 answers that question. God's manifest, you know God's real by the thing, by by what's invisible, you know is real by what doth appear. That's a paraphrase. That's not a direct quote. But you you realize the invisible, the invisible by what is visible. He did that in creation. That's the only way that the natural man can understand God at all is by believe, understanding that there had to be a creator. Because the things invisible is, made, is plainly seen by the things which are which are visible. So the only exception to this rule, this philosophy of history, the only exception is for the people, for God's people, for a reawakening, a repentance, and an influx of the Spirit of God. God promises, the promises in the book, and he has stayed the total collapse of his people into total, and we're gonna, you're going to read about it over and over and over and over and over again in this in, in in this book as we go through, and that's why we're here. So by the time we get to the last chapter and finish this book, you should have learned. There should the Holy Spirit should have took a knife in your life and pricked at certain areas in your life that needs to be fixed. That's what he'll do. He'll point out stuff. It, knock, knock, knock. Hey, can't this, yeah, open up right here. This needs to be worked on. Chipping away here, chipping away there till we pre- be perfected into the image of God, till we be perfected in the, the inward man I'm talking about. You're never going to perfect the flesh. Don't don't even, that, that dog want. Just got to be telling you that. That's what most people just don't get. You get that, you're a millennium ahead of everybody else. But by the time we get to the end of this book, there should be some revelation in your personal life. Okay, without any further ado, Brother Dave, chapter 1. Yes, chapter 1, Judges, verse 1. Now, after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. 
And Judah said unto Simeon his brother, Come up with me into the, my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites. Okay, I want you and to stop there. I, I want to make one more, give you one more insight into this book. As we go through these 21 chapters, you're going to notice that there's three tribes that are not mentioned. Reuben, Ishakar, and Gad are not mentioned. I wonder what that means. Since this is the philosophy of Israelite, God's people's world history for the, for the last 6,000 years, and God's dealing with his people, I wonder why there's three that's missing. Just wonder why. You reckon that there's a three, there's a set of three that he deals with differently for the last 2,000 years? Since the purchase price was made to buy back the world and to buy back the rant and to get the ransom. The atonement's been made, it is finished, it is done to Telestai. You reckon there's a group outside of these others that he deals with differently? Seems like I've been teaching y'all that for quite a while, haven't I? Isn't there remember there's three? Give none offense to the Jew, nor the Gentile, nor to the church. Remember the three classifications of saints? I'm just saying. I'm not teaching that as doctrine, right? I'm just saying it's awful funny that there's three out of this group that's not mentioned. Here's with all the rest of them. Well, what about these other three? There's no exception to the rule here, surely, is there? I've just given you the answer previously and let you... Let the Holy Spirit show you. Continue on, Brother Dave. And I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So Simeon went with him. And Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. And they slew of them in Bezek ten thousand men. And they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, and they fought against him, and they slew the Canaanites. And the Perizzites. And Adonai Vizek fled, and they pursued after him, and caught him, and cut up his thumbs and his great toes. And Adonai Vizek said, Threescore and ten kings, having their thumbs and their great toes cut off, gathered their meat under my table. As I have done, so God hath requited me. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. Be not deceived. Whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. Continue on, brother. Now the children of Judah had fought against Jerusalem and had taken it and smitten it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. And afterward the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites that dwelt in the mountain and in the south and in the valley. And Judah went against the Canaanites that dwelt in Hebron. Now the name of Hebron before was Kirjith Arba. Mm-hmm. And they, excuse me? I said yes, that's good, good. Okay. good. 
And they slew Sheshai and Ahiman and Talmai. And from thence he went against the inhabitants of Deber. And, uh, excuse me, and the name of Deber before was Kirjith Safir. And Caleb said, He had smit, smiteth Kirjith Safir and taketh it. To him will I give Aksa, my daughter, to wife. And Nathniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. And he gave Aksa his daughter to wife. And it came to pass when she came to him that she moved him to ask of her father a field. And she lighted from off her ass. And Caleb said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. And the so children you, you of the see how it's harking back to Joshua? In the first chapter here, it's harking back into the book of Joshua. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. And the chil- children of the Kenite. Oh. Moses' father-in-law. Yeah, Moses' father-in-law. And now, went I, I, up. Want you, I want to make a comment. Well, by the time we get through this book, folks, some of you that came over to this ministry is going to understand why I don't sound like some of the other that teach the Anglo-Israel truth. If you think that our people, Brother David will, will die laughing because he knows, but now that he's searched it out more, he realizes it. The last thing on earth Israel ever was, folks, was racially pure. Am I right, Brother David? Oh, absolutely. Even the king lines. Yes. Very few of them were, but some were. Yep, yep. That's what, but the point I'm making is that that wasn't the do-all, end-all of everything like people try to say today. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. That's not the primary thing. You understand what I'm saying? God's people, you don't throw them under the bus because of a mistake. Amen? Amen. You can't do it. Does not God's Son, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, forgive us of all sin? Amen, amen. Is it is is not the is there a sin that it does not forgive? Yes, it is. There is one. Do you think blasphemy of the Holy Ghost? Is impurity? If you could make, if you, if there's any way, you'd have to write a different Bible to make it, make the case for it. Can't be made. I, I hear your silence on this, brother Dave. What's wrong? Oh, you I know, don't have any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I full as bad as, as bad as I despise it, folks, and I got it in my own family. I'm just trying to bring. I'm trying to get you in the and to understand moderation and get and get you to understand grace. Okay, God's grace. You're gonna see if he threw. Did he throw? What? Just just wait. I'll let. I'll let. You're gonna be shaking your head when we get to chapter three and four. Okay, I'll let the book do the talking. Go ahead, brother. Continue reading. And, and the, the exceptions don't establish the rule. Like they don't overthrow the rule, brothers. What I'm talking absolutely. about. Absolutely, and. You know, some of these exceptions, these men were tremendously godly men, but yes. generally the ones who broke the rule were ungodly absolutely. as all get out. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
If you're spiritual enough to understand what we're talking about, you're on the right track, folks. If you if you're already screaming, pulling your hair out, you might as well continue on on out and click the off button and go on and find some somewhere else to go. Continue on, brother Dave. Verse sixteen. And the children of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah. Do you know who the, the Kenites are, folks? You can't even trace it. They they've got to come from Ham, from Cain. Well, that's Moses' father-in-law. Well, what does that say about his daughter Moses married? Sephora. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Yep, at least 50%. Yes, sir, 50%. Sure enough. But to hear some people talk, you would think, oh, my goodness, no way. Uh-uh. I've even heard them try to, te- try to teach that Rahab wasn't a whore. Yes, I've heard that teach. Absolute insanity. A denial of God's word, but I'm not going to get off on that. Continue reading, brother. With the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which lieth in the south of Arad. And they went and dwelt among the people. And Judah went with Simeon his brother, and they slew the Canaanites that inhabited Zephath, and utterly destroyed it. And the name of the city was called Hormah. Also Judah took Gaza with the coast thereof, and Ascalon with the coast thereof, and Ekron with the coast thereof. And the Lord was with Judah, and he drave out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, because they had chariots of iron. And they gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said, and he expelled thence three sons of Anak. Those being giants. Absolutely. The Anakims, yeah. the Zenzums, they're, they're giants. They're from the giant clan. Continue on, brother. And the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites that inhabited Jerusalem. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem unto this day. Do you know, folks, where the, you know that David had to do, did business with a Jebusite to buy the place for the temple? Did you know that? Yeah. Do you realize that, that Father Abraham's burial site was more than likely, I said more than likely, just by, if you study the words, then you come up with this, the words mean something. This Heth person, the son of Heth, if you study out the genealogy, Abraham probably bought his gravesite for him and his family from a mutation. I think I've mentioned this before. Yes, uh, his name meant doe or deer, like a uh, half. Something oh, like something like that, yeah. A half man, a half, like like what, like a pan or something like that. More than yes. likely, he 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 bought that he bought that from a genetically modified a half and half human being, half animal, half human. Now, isn't that just wild as it can possibly be? Don't that sound like blatant, absolute falsehood? Sure does. Today it does, doesn't it? Or then, on the other hand, wait just a minute. Don't don't is it true? Is it, isn't it true that the great music, uh, great science uh, department over in Great Britain, 
have already, over 10 years ago, petitioned to mix animal and human genes together, but they promised they would kill them after a few days of being born. You reckon they really do? Oh, so it's not science fiction. As it was in the days of Noah. Continue, brother. And the house of Joseph, they also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with them. And the house of Joseph sent to descry Bethel. Now the name of the city before was Luz, and the spies saw a man come forth out of the city. And they said unto him, Shew us, we pray thee, the entrance into the city, and we will shew thee mercy. And when he shewed them the entrance into the city, they smote the city with the edge of the sword, but they let go the man and all his family. And the man went into the land of the Hittites and built a city and called the name thereof Luz, which is the name thereof unto this day. These Hittites, I'm telling you, Hittites, Hivites, Jebusites, there's ites there, there's electric lights, there's light ites everywhere. And these ites are the bad they're bad business. They're all screwed up racially. These ites that you run across. We was fixing to see a list of five shortly when we get to chapter then not not the next yeah, the next chapter, I think it's chapter two. Chapter two first part chapter three. These ites that the Lord left in the land. Why didn't the Lord run them out? He's going to tell you. You're going to find out. See, why does the Lord do the things he does? See, you get, you're going to get all kind of answers. You're going to get answers about things in your life if you're spiritually minded. You're going to get answers to some questions. If you love this book, you're going to get answers to some questions in your life that you may have had for a long time. I'm telling you, folks, and it'll 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 make your appreciation triple and quadruple, and your love for this book. It or, or it should anyway. I'll put it that way. It has many many people. Continue on, brother. Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bethshean and her towns, nor Tanakh and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Dor and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Iblim and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Megiddo, and her towns, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. And it came to pass, when Israel was strong, that they put the Canaanites to tribute, and did not utterly drive them out. Well, I want my mind. Do y'all know what tribute means? They didn't run them out. They were com- Remember the command was to run every one of these suckers out of the land. Kill them. Kill them. Men, women, children. Run them out. Kill them. But they didn't. Why? They like slaves, I guess. Tribute, brother. Yeah. The love of the money is the root of all evil. There you go. The love of money, yeah. Can't beat this book, folks. Can't beat this book. Go ahead, brother. Hmm. Neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer. But the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer, or Gezer, among them. Neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, 
nor the inhabitants of Nahalol, but the Canaanites dwelt among them and became tributaries. They're tributaries. There's more of that money coming into them. I ain't going to get rid of no money. It's good. Business is good. We're not going to get rid of this money. No, no, no. Go ahead. I guess that's kind of what they're trying to do today with these Mohammedans. Yes, there you go, brother. There you go. Oh, they'll work cheaper than the white man will. Uh, The Mexican will work cheaper than the white man will. No, 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 no. We can't lose these migrant workers. No. It'll cut down on our profits. The love of money is the root of all evil. Not all kinds of evil. All evil. You only you only got what I just quoted. If you got a King James Bible, folks, continue reading, brother. Neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Akko, nor the inhabitants of Zidon, nor of Ahlab, nor of Akzib, nor of Helba, nor of Afik, nor of Rehob. But the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Neither did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, nor the inhabitants of Beth Anath, but he dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and of Beth Anath became tributaries unto them. And the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountains, for they would not suffer them to come down to the valley. But the Amorites would dwell in Mount Hereth, in Ajalon, and in Shalbim, yet the hand of the house of Joseph prevailed, so that they became tributaries. And the coast of the Amorites was from the going up to Akrabim, from the rock and upward. It says in the book of Amos that these Amorites were as tall as cedar trees. Wow, giants, giants. There were giants in the land in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, children were born unto them. Same became mighty men, men of renown. Absolutely. Can't get away from it. Next chapter, Brother Chad. Judges. Chapter 2. And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim. There's the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Continue. And said, I made you go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. Uh, Now let's just stop and let's just think about this. Now I want you to think, and I want you to translate this into today. That's the Lord Jesus Christ right here. I want you to translate that into today. I made a covenant with you finally and forever, Hebrews said. After one he made some one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, made one sacrifice for sin forever, the blood atonement for you. That this Then the angel of the Lord here, the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus says, we made a covenant with you and said I never would break it. And you're in the land of milk and honey, flowing with milk and honey. The grapes so big it took two men to tote one cluster of grapes. 
you got all these empty dwellings, empty cities. You've ran out all the under Caleb, under Joshua and Caleb. You've ran out all these people. You've got self-made cities, wells, gardens, land flowing with milk and honey, prosperity for everyone. You saw all the miracles with a mighty hand. You got to see what I could do for you. You saw the pillar of fire. You saw pardon of the Red Sea. You saw all, they saw it all, folks. They had it made, okay? Now they're in prosperity. Everything ought to be good, right? Wrong. Continue, brother. Sure. I said I will never make my, break my covenant with you, and ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Oh, fine. Disobedience. Spiritual apostasy. First sign. Spiritual apostasy. Disobedience. What comes next? Moral decadence. As we're going to see. Continue, brother. Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your side, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. Now, a thorn in your side, all the way back here in Judges. What was it Paul had, Brother Dave? What was it Paul had? Brother Saul, he had that thorn in his side. He has thorn in the flesh, right? Yes. What, what happened when he sought the Lord to take it away? The Lord told him he, he wasn't going to do it, didn't he? Grace is sufficient. That's exactly right. Well, the Lord's saying right here, he ain't taking this thorn out either. He left it there for a thorn. You're starting to ring home, anybody, your problems, your suffering. You understand? Are you starting to, just in this little bit, is the Lord showing you anything about what you've been taught? Hope he is. Hope he is, because that's what it was written for. That's the reason we're back here. It was written for our learning, for our comfort, that we might have hope. That's the reason these things were written down. Romans 15, 4. Continue, Brother Chad. Verse 4. And it came to pass, when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. And they called the name of that place Bochim, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. Okay. They did wrong. The Lord makes an appearance, supernatural intervention, into the decaying process. What happens? They repent. Do a sacrifice to the Lord. Watch the way this stuff happens, folks. It's, it is imperative you get this. Continue, brother. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. There is an intervention and a rejuvenation and entropy in the closed system does not apply intervention of the Lord. The people repented, they got right, and they lived right, 
one generation goes away, and then verse 8. Go ahead, brother. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath-Harris, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gaash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Oh, what does that tell us? What does that, think about that for a second. What does that tell you about today? Mom and dad better do a better job of teaching their kids. What is it that, you, you, you know, folks, what's going on at the universities, all these young, these, they call them millennials, acting like a bunch of demon-possessed fools. I wonder, you you understand what the problem was here. The kids weren't drunk, they weren't, they weren't raised right. Raise up a child in the way it should go and when it's old and not depart from it. The generation that saw all the wonders of the Lord didn't do their due diligence. And so here we come, and the children of Israel did evil out of the Lord and served Balaam. Plain as day. The lesson, lesson one. <laughs> and we're going to repeat it. We're going to say that old wheel of history turn over and over and over again. It, it turns over and over and over again, right out of the book of Judges, right into Samuel, right on through, right on through history. It's been turning ever since. And the same principles apply today as applied all the way back then. Hmm. You can't beat this book with a stick, folks. It'll keep you from your sin, or your sin will keep you from it. And I don't care what you think about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I could care less. I know from 44 years of personal experience. I know when I obey the Lord, everything is smooth. When I don't obey, it ain't cool. See, obey is to better is better than sacrifice, and to hearken unto the Lord's words better than the fat of rams. Brother Samuel's going to tell them that when they go begging for a king later on. But we're in the book of Judges now. Is there any questions in the chat room? And we're about close to an hour, brother. Yep, just shy. Any questions in the chat? I don't see any. No, no question. Okay. You guys got anything you want to add? Love this book. No, not at this point. Yeah, this is this is uh, so bang on. It's incredible. It's it's incredible. It's like looking at. It's like you said. If you look at yourself, if you if you're in the Lord and the Holy Spirit dwells in you now, and the veils have been removed from you, and you're not caught up in this. Marine and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. You know, it's 
when we were watching movies and television, it, it, it didn't. We didn't seem like we're deceived. Now that we don't, and that veil's been dropped. It seems so. It so it seems so painfully obvious what's going on. Yet when you're caught up in it, it's just like it's it's normal. It's normal. Like what, what do you mean? What's wrong with me? I'm looking at these people. What's wrong with you, man? It's like it's like the Lord looking at these these guys. You don't raise your kids right. They grow up, you know, worshiping idols of the people that you were supposed to drive out that you didn't drive out. What do they call those people in in Hollywood? Don't they call them icons? Yeah. Don't they call them teen idols? I was thinking after last or the last um, teaching that we did, we were saying, where were they all? I think they made themselves a nice little home in California there. A lot of those uh, fallen angels are living it up on the, on the high hog out there. Uh, that's, I'm of that opinion myself. I'm of my opinion. I'm of that opinion myself as well. That's what I was hinting at the other night. It is called the City of Angels, you know, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Out there where the witch waves her Hollywood, which is one. Oh, that's just superstition. See, Walt Disney told you that was just fairy tales. But oh, oh, wait, that's right. Walt Disney's out there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's a frozen head in some uh, some basin. Wait, in I'm talking about Disney World, Disneyland out there. Oh yeah, uh, that's what I thought. See, it wasn't his base out there. Seems like it was, right? Amen. Sure was. Yeah, he's the one that came along doing his part, doing his part to teach you that it was all a fairy tale. Isn't he the one that put wings on angels? Just like I said the other night, folks, when the, when I made those statements at the closing of the program the other night. Just wonder, you know. <laughs> I don't wonder at all. I know it's true. I know it's true. I don't have to see. I don't have to see with my own eyes. I've done it. I've done experience, but I don't have to see any of that, okay? I, I knew it before, so I, but I, anyway, what I'm saying is there's no doubt in my mind that it's true. Anyway, there's no questions in the chat, then we will go ahead and close, and we will pick up tomorrow night here at this verse right here, Brother Chad, all right? Brother Dave? Yeah, yeah. You sure that you ain't got anything you want to add, brother? Yeah, I, uh, you know, the... One of the big lessons is there is that the church has been called out. We've been called out to live, be ye separate, to be ye holy mm-hmm. unto the Lord. Where you know everyone knows, uh, don't be unequally yoked. Means As a matter of fact, just go buried. go read it to him, brother. Go read it to him. Second Corinthians, okay? Second Corinthians chapter six. So I think it starts around verse ten or eleven. Yes, verse 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you. Our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. For Now, for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath unto uh, hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And okay, stop, stop, stop right there. What communion have you? What business 
let me put it down in street lingo. What business have you got having a hunky-dory wonderful time with unrighteousness? See? Remember the last verse in Romans 1? It included not only the ones that did that stuff, but the ones that had pleasure in them that did them. Entertainment. Amen. Right there staring you in the face in 2017 in a 1611 authorized King James Bible. Up-to-date version? <laughs> Give me a break. Continue on, Brother Dave. I had to throw that in there. Oh, that was good. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And those I of got you it. that listen to this program that, that snickering or in your heart, you say, yeah, a little bit won't hurt. That's the way drunkards always start out, folks. I can handle it. A little bit won't hurt. Or as the China, Chinaman says, man take drink. Drink take man. Man take drink. Drink take drink. Drink take man. And I'm not just talking about alcohol. You know I'm using this as illustration. A little leaven, folks, does what, Brother Dave? Leaven's the whole lump. Thank you. Continue to read, brother. And this, you know, here we are. We have churches of Jesus Christ sponsoring infidels. Yes. You know, sponsoring these people who believe in Belial, who are anti-Christ, confess, slaughtering Christians. And, I mean, it's one thing if we're being forced to take them by a renegade anti-Christ government that's totally running rampant over us yes. that's one thing but when the churches sign up to get government money to help sponsor and work with the infidels that's right amen i mean we're way back here we are back in judges or worse <laughs> we should know better we have the holy spirit the that's spirit right, of god in a full amen. canon of the bible that's we right. should know better absolutely brother absolutely and see folks i can I, that that's what that's what I'm called to do is tell you this stuff. Uh, there is no see there. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. The word of God will stand when the world's on fire. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. In other words, you're held account once you come to the knowledge of the truth. You're held accountable for it. Too much is given, much is required, see. That's the reason that old saying ignorance is bliss, you know. Continue, Brother Dave. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You see, folks, 
Nobody ever said that this was easy. Everybody wants to serve God on their terms. In other words, there's no king in Israel. They did that which was right. Oh, you know that tributary stuff that's going on with the churches there, getting the tax money for the infidel heathens. No king in Israel. So everyone did that which was right in their own. Without somebody on the throne that's supposed to be there, that's what you'll do. That's what this lesson's been about. Amen. Brother Chad dismisses in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are just so blessed to have your words with us tonight, Lord. Uh, we pray that uh, we be edified by them, Lord, that the Holy Spirit be strengthened in us, Lord, and that our inward man be, be strengthened and, and, and satiated by the, by the bread and the water that, we, that we've partaken with tonight, Lord. We thank you for, for our fellowship, Lord, and our fellowship with you and, for, and with one another, Lord. And we're just so, we're just so in awe. Lord, of, of your presence in our lives, that uh, the, the things that, that, that we can see now, the ways, the ways that, that you affect the way that we think, the things that we do, we just ask that you strengthen, strengthen our, our will, Lord, yes, that it be your will, Lord, that your will work in us in, in, in ways that, that we don't even think about, Lord. Let us be, let us be malleable to you. We pray for everyone in the chat room, Lord, and, and everyone in our assembly, Lord, everyone that's here now and that, and that might be downloading later to listen, Lord, and that we don't forget to, to pray for one another, Lord. Yes, Father. Pray for, to pray for our, our president, Lord. Our, yes, and, Father. And, and to not forget that you are the king of kings, Lord, and that you are the king, and that we have a king, and that we are not to be like these people, Lord. We have our, we have our king on his throne, Lord, and, and we... we we we're just so happy to have you and and the work that you've done for us lord and the and the blood that you shed that we're covered in lord that we're ultimately forgiven lord and we just ask that you that you forgive us of our sins of today lord and uh and just do good work in us lord that's all i can say amen yes lord in your precious name of jesus christ we pray amen amen or amen. Amen, amen, brother. And as our people said one time, we have no king but Caesar. The colonialists said, we have no king but Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. We serve no king but Jesus. They got it right, folks. God, they got it right. Who do you serve tonight? Who have you served today? Who have you served the last few days? Who have you been serving for the last year or two? I have no idea who I'm talking to. You serve self? Who sits on the throne of your heart? Is it vacant? 
Do you do that which is right in your own eyes? Does Israel have a king now? Yes, they do. Amen. Brother Dave. The contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. The email address is also the PayPal account for Pastor Don. The email address is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. And you can go to PayPal and enter that account number, respecttothelord at yahoo.com, and make your offering to the Lord Jesus Christ and to Pastor Don. And you can also mail your mail, your offering, or send a letter to his home address, 3155 Louisville Street, Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017. 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, appreciate you folks being there tonight. Good job, Brother Chad, Brother David, Brother Kevin. I enjoyed watching Pastor Lawson yesterday, the old preacher that um up in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> he was get, getting on to his congregation. He said, I tell you what, over all the years I've been preaching, I found out it, when when a person gets born again, his wallet gets born again too. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, there's a lot of truth in that. It sure is. New creature, old things have passed away, all things become new. Good night, everyone. Lord willing, health permitting, we'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, Pastor Doc. Good night, brother. Good Talk night, to everyone. you later. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Good night, all.